When he looked back at that year, it was those moments he remembered most vividly. He and his beloved wife had retreated to the couch his father had thoughtfully contributed to their first apartment together. An evocative first-floor railroad flat in a historic townhouse that was somewhat bedraggled. But even he, though he'd long since grown tired of the place in the neighborhood and was already living elsewhere in my mind, couldn't deny that it had character to spare. There were several blocks of these townhomes there, like a pioneer settlement, interspersed among warehouses, in an industrial neighborhood near the foot of the Kozhushko Bridge, at the edge of Greenpoint, bordering East Williamsburg. To him, it was a little jarring to realize how much time had elapsed. They'd lost parents and a grandparent, been laid off, embarked in new career directions, suffered injuries, gotten engaged, gotten married, gotten engaged, all in those nearly 14 years at this address. The couch's, the couch's midnight, midnight blue and mustard terry cloth stripes were like ribbons, ribbons. Standing, standing out strikingly against the taut dark brown fabric underneath. But the couch's, the couch's wooden legs, legs had softened and crumbled, and, crumbled. and he and a handyman friend had removed, removed them. This act of triage and expediency left him and his wife not only awkwardly close to the floor during their sacrosanct extended time in front of the television television every evening, but the couch seemed gradually sinking as well, slumping toward the middle, backward, but to him, I wasn't sure, but to me, it was emblematic of a midlife structural collapse that had arrived so abruptly so savagely, and yet obliquely, coatly too. I couldn't remember what. You were trying to watch Perhaps it was New York One. I couldn't remember what. Perhaps it was New York One. The news channels incessant updates on the pandemic overwhelmed all other coverage. With so little room for other reporting, there were only so many stories, and the repetition grew numbing. And the repetition grew repetition grew numbing. And yet there was something comforting about the regularity. This portion of the news is brought to you by Roscoe the Bedbug Dog, giving all New Yorkers a big beagle hug during this difficult time. Regardless, this was the one news station he could turn to without growing agitated. As the network's veteran anchors managed to convey a genuine, sincere quality, a kind of Gotham-bred Volksgeist that he found deeply endearing. Or maybe it was Boardwalk Empire. He'd often put this on as the night wore on, and he was looking for transporting ways to pass the time while he was digesting his food. He'd made it a habit, as he'd gotten older, to not go to sleep until ample time had passed since dinner, preferably a few hours. He always strove to not be regimented about it. Too regimented about it. That was the eternal struggle. That was the eternal struggle. Point at which self-preservation, point at which self-preservation becomes, becomes a hindrance. And this, this masterfully executed period escapism was a buoying tonic. The show, the show distilled the darker side of human, mostly male nature, to coruscating effect. The star, the star, Steve Buscemi, had once told me he couldn't take his eyes off me on stage. 
when I played a rock and roller in drag in a revival of one of those hilariously raunchy and sexually utopian Jack Bump plays. He had thought that might come to something, and now it was just another fond memory, passing through his life like smoke. Still, he liked to think that that was what was coming after what the city, the country, the whole world had experienced. A millennial echo of the Roaring Twenties. Certainly the timing was appropriate. You make it through a period of unforeseen depredation and turmoil, and there's an inevitable reaction, a desire to indulge, live with abandon. I hoped that this time there'd be no reckoning, no crash, no morning after, no regrets. But I also wasn't in complete denial. In fact, in fact, he fancied himself a student of history, an optimistic realist. So he recognized that the rhythms of life, the ebb and flow of things, the peaks and valleys, were par for the course, necessary if life was to mean anything. The disturbance tends to start around 11. With a rev of pleasure, howl of pleasure, amplified by the relative silence on the Where there was little foot travel, even during there was little foot travel, even during normal times. So on another level, I completely empathized. We completely empathized. And, and not, not only subconsciously, subconsciously urged them on and lived vicariously, lived through, vicariously their through their exuberant expression, but envied it, but envied it. Envy. Perhaps, I reflected, perhaps, we'd all taken it for granted. We'd all taken it for granted. Perhaps it had never occurred to us how much we depended on being close to one another. How much energy was generated by, much energy was generated by simple physical affection. Was the glue? Was the glue the necessary ingredient? The necessary ingredient in being a functional human? Without, without that, you withered. you withered. Whatever your intentions were. Whatever your intentions were. Some kind of squad car would appear, lights flashing, and like a vehicle. 
streetscape cavalcade around the corner, and the streets would once again become hushed. once again become hushed. But then, perhaps an hour and a half later, perhaps an hour and a half later, they reappear. And this time, with renewed vigor. began to seep in against all odds and expectations and I gradually drifted off 